Hello everyone, my name is Adu and this is Expats Exposed, honest conversations with expats around the globe. This podcast is brought to you by ReadyGo Expat. For videos about life in different countries, interviews with expats and travel guides, go to youtube.com forward slash ReadyGo Expat. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Expats Exposed podcast. This is episode 13 and I hope you're all doing well. You know, it's still a tough year for um, most of you and, and me and my friends. And it's not a typical year for sure, but hopefully things are going to get better quickly. Um, yeah, so today I decided to do something a bit different with the podcast. Um, no one was expecting the pandemic to happen, of course, and it has affected uh, a lot of my friends. It has ex- affected my um my plans. Uh, I was living in China. I came back to Brazil during the Chinese New Year in the beginning of 2020. And all of a sudden, the pandemic pandemic started. And yeah, I wasn't able to go back. So if you heard my, if you listen to my episode, um, I think it's episode four, my China story, then you're gonna, you're gonna listen to it in all details. But this, this has affected a lot of people and many of my friends around the world. Just, just for you to have an idea, I have friends who are still in Malaysia um, since February 2020. Um, so it's been over a year. I have friends who are still in Thailand waiting to go back to China. And I have friends who had to go back to their home country and start all over again, uh, find a job and rent a place. And so... Um, it's, it's not, it's, it hasn't been easy. So this is one of the things that, of course, it's not something that, that most of us can prepare for, you know, uh, a pandemic hit and then all your plans are changed and stuff. But there are things that with my experience living in China, um, for nearly five years, I saw that a lot of expats make a lot of mistakes when they move abroad, you know, um, most of them are like, maybe lack of planning or lack of, you know, good information about the place or lack of um, understanding of the new culture. So um, in this episode, this is going to be a solo episode, but I have to say thank you um, to Ricardo Gouveia, my friend who is now living in Amsterdam. He helped me a lot with this episode. He gave me a lot of ideas of, uh, about mistakes people make when they move abroad. So he's, he, he mentioned his experience um, himself um, and, and his wife, but also the friends that he met when he lived for two years in Madrid. And now um, in 2020, he moved to um, Amsterdam and he's talking about his experience as well. So it's going to be a mix of like his experience um, in Madrid, Amsterdam, and also my experience in China when I lived there. And not only me, but like the, the people that I met there. The first thing that I've noticed is that people don't do their research before going to a place. It's It might be something simple, but you got to do a lot of research before you go. So um, when I when I got to China, I saw that people didn't really know the what the cost of living would be like. It is lower than most, um, let's say, Western countries, you know? 
if you think about the, the if you think if you, if you compare it to the cost of living in Europe, you know, England, Spain, France, Germany, or even uh, North America and some countries in South America, I'm comparing it to my country, Brazil, it is lower in general. Yes, but still, um, you gotta you gotta be really careful when you when you move to a country because depending on the region where you live or the city where you live, the cost of living is going to change uh, dramatically. So it is something that people need to be very cautious when going to a place because that is going to be, uh, that is going to uh, directly affect your budget, your budget planning. So also careful with personal opinions. Like um, there are a lot of Facebook groups. I don't really like Facebook groups when I'm like, researching before traveling to a place or moving to a place i don't really like but they are important because um at least as a starter like you you should have a look at, at facebook groups but usually it's a bit too negative in my opinion but for example if you're moving alone or if you're moving with your partner or if you're moving with with partner and kids that is going to directly af affect your cost of living and especially your lifestyle, you know. So, um, for instance, if you know how to cook, if you enjoy cooking, um, that is going to be um, very helpful when it comes to, like, your budget. Because depending where you go, eating out, ordering food is going to, you know, be super expensive. Also, going out, drinks and stuff, if you're single, um, that is also going to affect your your cost of living. So uh, make sure you go to a website called numbio.com. Numbio is spelled N-U-B-E-O.com. Um, they have like, you can compare like the, the cost of living in your city to the city you're moving to, you know, um, and they have like um, products and, and also like rent, one bedroom apartment and stuff. Uh, three bedrooms so you can you can compare that I, that has that was very useful for me before i moved to china and even looking at like when i was picking which city i would go i would go there and see like the different costs of living within the country so that's that's very helpful um and of course uh there are nowadays there are many youtube videos that are very um helpful so check them out as well and that leads to number two in my list it's about your savings or your wage if you're getting paid in a different country and the currency you're getting paid is from a different country and you're going to spend money in the country you've moved to be careful with some with this currency difference you know um, depending where you're from perhaps your currency is not as strong or as solid as let's say the the us dollar or the euro so if they fluctuate a lot that's really going to affect the money that you receive in the new country where you move to. So I'm saying this specifically, like if you, uh, Brazilian currency is, uh, has devaluated a lot in the past five years. So this is going to be very, this is going to affect, um, the money that you have, uh, to spend in a different country. So careful with that, with different currencies. Um, and also when you're searching for, when you're doing your research before, um, oh, it's always important to check the currency conversion, you know, and not only um, depend on what is written there in a YouTube video or something. Number three is about rent. And this is extremely, extremely important because for most people, rent is going to be the... It's going to play a big role like in, in your spendings, in your monthly spendings. So if you, if for instance, if you're going 
to a place that what I really recommend is that you try to spend the first month on a temporary apartment like Airbnb or or somewhere else. Um, if like if you're going on your own, you can even rent a room in an apartment or house, or even uh, spend um, a couple of days or a couple of weeks in a hostel or something, depending where you're going. Because um, getting to a place, a new place, you know nobody. So you don't have anyone to back up as a backup, like to help you, you know, with a contract and stuff. So perhaps you're going to have to spend more money, like as soon as you get there and you have to pay like three months in advance, four months in advance. So that's also a lot of money you're going to spend. Um, um, I know that, for instance, if you're going to a new country and you were hired by a company, then usually this company will have someone, maybe someone um, local to help you with that. Um, but still, I think it's really important because I'm saying this because I'll give you the example of Lisbon, but I'm sure that most European cities, especially the capital cities, they're very similar. But like, if you want to live downtown Lisbon, you be, exp you should expect like for a one bedroom apartment today, uh, 2021, you should expect to be paying some, something between 600 to 700 euros for a one bedroom apartment. Okay. If it is downtown Lisbon. Um, but then I know because I've been there so many times that if you take the ferry and you just go to the other side of the river for like 20 minutes on a ferry, that is also, uh, th that you might reduce like that to like maybe 500 or 450 euros, depending which area you go. If you don't mind taking the, the train and you go even a bit farther, like to, um, a zone that is like still kind of greater Lisbon. You also could find something between 450, 500. Um, but still that's, you know, the average price, but that's, you only find out, um, the, you know, these small things once you get there, because there is another problem as well. Um, and, and again, specific about Lisbon, the cheapest areas, around uh in the greater lisbon area are not the safest areas in the city you know so they're usually areas that um they call it like problematic neighborhoods as if i could like translate it to english um so you got to be careful with that you know because um you don't want to go live alone in a place where you don't feel safe when you get come back at night so um rent is crucial so it's it's Even like within a city, the different neighborhood might change the price of, um, might change like, uh, might affect your budget like drastically. Um, so what about, can I walk? Can I take the, the train? And then what about the uh, public transport? Like if you think about London, you know, you can buy your Oyster card, but it's very expensive. I mean, I've, I've used the Oyster card there and, and public transportation in London is expensive. Then you have to calculate, for instance, if you're living in London, for example, zone ones and two, zones three and four, zones five and six, you know, because that is also gonna, um, maybe if you, if you, if you pay for something that is cheaper in the outskirts of London, but then you have to work downtown London, I mean, perhaps you're going to be paying the same price as you, you'd live like, you know, in a different area. So that's very important is where you're going to live. That's why I, sa I said in the beginning, perhaps getting there, you know, and then talking to your colleagues, your classmates, if you're going to study in the place 
or someone there to help you, like that's really going to help a lot. And then after you spend some time there at the beginning, um, in a temporary apartment, and then you should, you know, then decide where to go because, um, even if you search online for the for the area, I think neighborhoods sometimes it's like you need to feel the the vibe of the place, you know. So that's 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 really important in the beginning. And then how much money should you bring? That's that is the big mistake I saw happening a lot when I went to China, you know, because in China, uh, most jobs for English teachers that was my case. Most jobs for English teachers you don't pay for rent. So I spent nearly five years in China and I, I, I didn't pay for rent because rent is all already part of your contract. But um, one thing very important is that, yeah, you you might get there, I don't know, in at the end of August and then you start training and then September you start working, but you only get paid. And that was my case there at the school. We only got our first salary on October 15th. So that was almost two months after we got there. So I saw a lot of foreigners who only took like, I don't know, 500 US dollars to China or even didn't got, you know, just got like a bit of money just for like the beginning. But then when you get to a place at first, you know, you don't know where is the cheapest place for you to go grocery shopping. You don't know where is where is the best place to like, you know, buy the things that you need. Or maybe in my case in China, I bought a bike. Um, my first couple of weeks there because it was, you know, it was super easy. Uh, we cycled for like seven, eight minutes when we were at school. So everyone in our house, I was, I was sharing the apartment with two other teachers. We all bought a bike, you know. So at the beginning, there are these extra costs. Like we had to buy pens, you know, stuff for the apartment. Um, we, um, it was super, it was, it was still summer, but we still had to buy like, you know, some clothes and stuff like this. So, so at the beginning, when you get to a place, you don't realize sometimes that you have a lot of extra spendings that um, you're, you're going to pay that as soon as you get to the place. But we, because you don't realize that maybe you're not going to have enough money, you know? So um, at the beginning, food poisoning is something that might happen with you. And then you have to pay to go to a hospital. And Sometimes, even if you have health insurance, you need to pay up front and then you're going to get your money back. So all of these extra costs and costs for like moving to a place and settling down um, sometimes are are super high and you don't realize that. So my my piece of advice is bring at least uh, double what your wage is going to be for that place. Okay, so if they're going to pay you, I don't know. Um, you're going to get a salary of like um, $2,000 US dollars, okay? And you know because of your research and stuff that that is going to be more than fine for like uh, the uh, one month there. I suggest you like bring at least $4,000, maybe $5,000 because even if you don't spend that money, that's great. Put that in a savings account and then use it to travel once you can, you know? Um, it's better to bring extra money than what happened to my, uh, I have two friends in China who actually had to borrow money for the first month because they, they didn't realize that they would have all these extra spendings at the beginning. Now, one of the parts that are quite hard as well when you move abroad is the immigration process or the visa process. Um, for most uh, places you, you, you're moving to that you need a visa, the, the process is all done in your home country or where you are. And then they will give you a visa, you get to a place. Once you get there, 
you're gonna apply for a permanent or a residency uh, or a, a temporary residence, but then the visa is only gonna be for the first couple of months, and then you have to change it once you get to the place. Usually, that's how it happens. Okay, but um, it's really important to know, especially if the 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 your employer or the school where you're going to, especially if they're not going to help you or they say they might help you if you have any questions, it's really important to know the whole process because sometimes it can be quite costly and sometimes it can take, it can take longer than you're expecting. And once you move to a new place, you know, all the culture shock of the beginning of getting to the place of like trying to uh, find out where you're going, what you're doing and stuff like that. It's already very stressful, you know, at the beginning. So I highly recommend even before going to the country, um, sometimes you can pay, there are options like where you can pay agents. Um, I think that's how, at least that's how I call it. Uh, we call it here in Brazil. Like you can pay an agency or an agent or a lawyer in your home country to help you with the visa process or, Sometimes you can pay it also when you get to the new country. So sometimes people are like, oh, but that's too expensive. I don't need that. I can do it on my own. Yeah, you can. But depending where you're going, you know, it's 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 something that you're going to pay and it's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of stress. You know, I'll just give you an example um, to when, when I got my work visa to go to China in 2015, I could have done the whole process on my own, but because Brazil is so big, I would have to fly to different places to get stamps to then finally send them, like mail the, everything to the Chinese embassy. Um, I got an agent and I, and, and, the, and I think I had to pay 300 reais, which in US dollars would be around 50, 60 US dollars. Okay, maybe, yeah, 70 maybe US dollars for someone to do the whole process for me, all the stamps. And then I just got at home and then I just waited at home and I received the passport after less than 10 days with the right visa. And that was it, you know? So, um, I didn't even have to leave my house. So that like, I would have, I would have paid it again and again, because it's, it's a money, it's an extra, it's some extra money that you spend, but it's super like, I'm so thankful that I didn't have to go to all of that. And especially in the countries as big as Brazil or like the US, Canada, sometimes you have to go like embassy there, consulate here, ministry of education, health, whatever. So it's important. And once you get to the place, I was really lucky because the school helped us um, in China because obviously I couldn't speak the language. So the school helped us with the whole process, you know, but still it is a bit stressful in the beginning because Obviously, there's the language barrier, if that's the case, if you're going to a country where you you don't speak the language fluently. Uh, there's bureaucracy, depending where you're going, bureaucracy is really, really bad. Something that might be simple in your country is not as simple when you get to a new place. There is wrong information that you go to a place, to an office, they say something, you go to the other office, they say something else. And that, you know, the time goes by and then you're like wasting time going here, going there. And again... Um, it's the whole process of adaptation to a country that's going to be even like more stressful because you're already going through some stress in the beginning. So um, I think that sometimes it's really important for you to make sure that if there is a, an option where you could pay someone or an agency to do something to help you with that, or 
perhaps even if you don't have to pay, could you have someone from the university school or company where you're going to work for? Could you have the, someone help you? I think that's really important because it's, um, it's, it's, it can be really, really stressful, um, to, uh, especially when you have like different languages and, and stuff. Now, we already mentioned rent here, you know, how important it is to do your research before you go and perhaps try to say in a temporary um, apartment before you actually decide to, you know, sign a contract, a permanent contract for like 12 months or something. So my, uh, the next point is about when you sign this contract, be really careful with that. You know, because I've seen in China, Ricardo, uh, problems with that. Ricardo, my friend, also mentioned problems with that in Madrid when he was there with his friends that like signed the contract. But then um, if you're paying like three months up front what, uh, or f six months, sometimes, you know, two months, whatever, how much is that is deposit? How much how, how much of that is actually rent up front? Um, did they check the apartment? before you entered and then because if i don't know there some you broke something or stuff you know where is that in the contract um how much money should i pay for that or what about the electricity bill before you got there you know uh was it paid now you gotta pay it when when do you start paying when do you finish paying that so be really careful with that because i saw that happening as well in china with some friends who you know they just couldn't get the deposit back they uh the the landlord at the end of the contract went there and said oh no you decided to leave earlier you had to stay i don't know 24 months you decided to leave in after 20 months oh but you know the contract is here written in english and mandarin well but the mandarin is a bit different the translation so you know so be really careful with that with your contracts and also be really really careful when you um Uh, hire like um, serve internet service, Wi-Fi, and and cable, or you know these services because most of them you have like a minimum uh, period for you to stay, and if you leave before that, you might end up pay paying like two, three times, you know, um, of of what you usually spend because they don't want you to leave after before 12 months, or sometimes they give you a free whatever for you to stay 12, 24 months. You know, so be really careful with that and with like opening bank accounts, closing bank accounts um, and, you know, in, in the contract as well with uh, either a provider, a service provider or your landlord. Um, the next point is something that people don't usually talk about. And I think it is crucial for anyone who's planning to move abroad. I think the two most important things when someone uh, is going to uh, move to a new country I think it's financial planning, you know, your budget. Um, what if, you know, what if I go there and I don't get a job at first? Or what if I go there and there is a, you know, currency fluctuation or, okay, uh, budgeting is extremely important, especially if you're not going on your own, you're going with your family. So, okay, so that's extremely important. But people don't talk a lot about mental health, you know. Um, I know you can see a lot uh more like you, you can see a bit more of discussions online about mental health but mental health of people who move abroad is also very very important because depending where you're going the culture shock is going to be extremely you know big in the beginning and 
and people just think like, okay, but I'm going with my family and I'm already live with them. And I, you know, so it's not going to be a big deal. It is going to be a big deal because you're going to a place. And even though you're going with your husband, your wife, your kids, um, when you get there, there's no support from your family that, you know, you perhaps you had back home um, of your aunts, uh, you know, cousins, uh, the relatives. Also, you'll find out that you're going to be spending a lot uh, more time with your family. So you and your husband or you and your wife, you and your kids, you're going to be spending too much time with them because you don't have the friends that you had back in your country at the beginning. You know, all the stress in the beginning, you're going to have to sort that out on your own. So it's going to be a lot of time on their own. And like, I've heard a lot of stories of like couples who are having difficulties as soon as they move to a new country because... It's just them, like they, um, I mean, uh, for you to start making friends, you know, getting to meet like other people, establishing a routine where you're going to leave your house, commute, go to work. Um, now with the pandemic, like a lot of that um, is done at home. So a lot of people are working remotely or, you know, so um, people forget their mental health. So if you were not, you know, well, uh, like, uh, mentally and like you, you like, you know yourself really well, you know, your, your, your partner and you can deal well with like, you know, stress as a family and whatever. Like, if you're not really well with that, like I highly suggest like trying to find, um, I, I highly suggest you try to find like help, you know, like professional help because I, one year before I moved to China, more than actually one year and a half before I moved to China, I was seeing a therapist um, in Brazil. And without that help, I don't know how it would have been. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would have actually, to be very honest, I don't know if I would, I, I would have stayed five years in China because um, after one year and a half with my therapist, that's when I moved to China. So I kind of got ready for it. So some people say, but you didn't know anyone in China. Weren't you afraid of like, or you didn't, you couldn't speak the language. You knew like it was your first time in Asia. I was ready for it. I was ready for this big move. You know, of course it was not the easiest transition. No, but I was ready for it. I was, you know, mentally, physically fine. And I was expecting already this big transition and this, you know, tension because it's it's a big move it's a different culture completely different culture but therapy helped me a lot and i saw some people who couldn't deal with like some issues in the in china when i was there and i could it was clear to me that i was like if you had done you know if you had done some therapy beforehand if you had you know if you knew yourself so well or if you had you know seeked like professional help perhaps you know things would have been you know better the good thing about this is that um, there is uh, there are many websites um, uh, with therapy uh, that you can find a therapist, a psychologist to um, have s online sessions. You know that was actually what I was doing um, in the past couple couple of months here in Brazil, and like even though I speak English fluently, I'd rather have a therapist from my country, which you know just I just I just think it's better. Um, and still I can do that anywhere in the world because there are 
many websites and I know many professionals who now work online and I can have therapy sessions with them. I can just set the, an, an appointment and I can do that online. So it's really important if you haven't done that in Brazil, um, sorry, in your home country before you move, it's really important to seek for like help, you know, professional help, because sometimes it's going to be more difficult and more stressful than um, you might think. And another issue that I found was like, um, could have been solved, I think, or before you moved, or it's not even that could have been solved. It's something that people don't think about, but it's your, your, uh, your, your living style, you know? So, um, like, um, the, the first, the first year I lived in China, I had to share an apartment with two other people, two other teachers and for one year. And it was, it was fine. I mean, um, there was a couple of issues, but in general it was great. Uh, but I had already lived uh, with other roommates, you know, people that had never, uh, the people who were not my friends. I had lived with other roommates before moving to China. So that was not something new for me, you know? Um, also when you move abroad, if, especially if you're not going with your family and, you know, and partner and stuff is, have you ever lived on your own? Because, um, a lot of the problems that I saw, like among my, the other expats there in China is that, People literally left their uh, mother's apartment, you know, and moved to a new country and lived on their own for the first time. So it's not the issue of actually moving abroad. It's the issue of like living on your own. And as much as like people romanticize living on your own, it's not that easy at first. You know, I suffered that when I lived on my own when I, when I was 24, 25 years old. But then... When I got to China and after the, the first year, the other four years, I lived on my own and I was fine with that. But are you okay having a lot of alone time? Are you okay having a lot of time on your own, with your own thoughts, with your own, um, without the influence of like other people, you know, or, you, you know, because that's something really important when you, when you move abroad is like, at least at the beginning or the first couple of years or no, not a couple of years, sorry, but at least the first couple of months, you're going to spend a lot of time on your own. So are you okay with that? You know, and the last one is definitely about culture shock. You know, it's something that I have a video on YouTube where I talk about culture shock in China. It is something that I thought was not that important, but then I realized how important it was. And it is the culture shock of moving to a new country, even if the language is the same, or even if you, if you can speak the language, um, things are different, you know? So the first thing is a language barrier. Okay. And then if you're fine with that, still there is the, the, the transition period in the, in the beginning is the, the period where you need to like, know where you're stepping, know where you're going, know which place, um, could be your local bar, your local restaurant, your local, um, you know, whatever service you need, restaurants and stuff. Um, you, as I said already, like you're feeling lonely in the beginning. So if the language is too different, which was my case in China, the expat community will be very helpful at the beginning because you'll be meeting a lot of people who are going through the same thing as you, you know, people who cannot speak the language, people who just arrived in a new country and people who are willing to 
listen to you and will have similar issues and you're going to help each other. Okay. So the expat community is really, really important also because depending where you're from, you're going to have similar, you know, backgrounds. So, um, it's, it might not be that big of a gap when, when compared to like the local community. So I'm not saying for you to live your whole life, your whole time abroad in the expat bubble. No, but at the beginning, it's going to be super important, but also, um, when you're doing your research before going to a new country, it's important to listen to different perspectives, okay? Because, and that's what one of the things that I really like, um, and that's, I really value that, and you can see that on my YouTube channel. I don't have videos with only friends from the same country. I try to get people from all over the world to talk, because even though some answers are quite similar, a lot of people have different backgrounds, different stories, different perspectives, especially depending where they're coming from. So it's really important when you're watching like YouTube channels or you're reading blogs, try to get people from different countries, try to get people hopefully from your country who have moved to the same place, okay? And the last, last but not least, um, hopefully your English is going to be, your English, your English level is going to be very high, uh, fluent, proficient, because um, no matter where you go, um, unless it's like, Let's say you're from Argentina and you're moving to Spain. Obviously, it's the same language. You know, it's going to be easier for you to meet the locals and stuff. But as an expat immigrant with the expat immigrant community, they are going to be speaking English, like probably going to be speaking English. So I've met people who went with their partners. Their partners spoke English and they didn't in China. And I could notice that um, they were a bit left out because their partners would integrate to the expat community while they couldn't, you know, they would have to speak the language. Like they, they, they could only mingle with like the people that could speak their language. So it's really important. Even if you're going like to Spain, Portugal, um, anywhere like the South America, Latin America, you know, Asia, where they don't speak, where maybe perhaps English is not the first language. It's still very important to know English really well. All right. So I hope you liked the the points that I've covered here. Um, I hope you do your research well. You talk to people, watch YouTube videos, read blogs, go to Facebook groups and do all your research before you go somewhere, before you move to a country. If you have any comments, I'm going to uh, leave an email here where you can send me an email or you can, uh, depending which platform you're listening to you can send me an audio message um and yeah i hope you like it i would love to listen to any other mistakes that you think i might have missed out and thanks again for listening i'll see you next time for videos about life in different countries interviews with expats and travel guides go to youtube.com forward slash ready go expats